check the mic and make sure it sound right, boys. Welcome to Red Storm Chasers. I'm Vincent, here with Tim and Nick. On this episode, we will break down the devastating losses to Creighton and DePaul, and we'll look ahead to the final week of the regular season for the St. John's Red Storm as they take on Xavier and Marquette. Uh, I'm a little confused. One second. Are you saying we're breaking down or we are about to break down? Because I'm like almost in tears after that DePaul loss, so I'm not sure which way <laughs> we you're We are both going this. to break down the losses, and we are going to mentally cope with our breakdown from uh, this disastrous okay. end of the season here. But first, my question for you this week is, what is your favorite series, TV series, that you're watching right now? Oh, I'll go. Um, Peaky Blinders. I'm watching Peaky Blinders right now. All right. I'm on a... I've heard good things, never seen it. Season three. It's nice. It's a, it's a, like a, a gang mob movie. It's a show, isn't it? Oh, yeah. No, it's not, a, not a no. movie. No, no, it's a show. It's a show. Okay. In season three. How would I be in season three of a movie? Well, I don't know. You said movie. Did I say movie? You said movie. I don't think I said movie. But anyway. anyway. The the recording will tell it. I'm in season three right now, and it's... it's If you like gang movie, you like mob movies, I mean, it's violent. People die. Uh, it's kind of like political a little bit. Uh, just kind of of that time. It happens in like the 1920s. So it's okay. after World War One. Um so it, it, it's good if you got some time. It's a, it's an hour show. It's a full hour. It's a Netflix original. On Netflix, all right. Yeah, so full hour, cool. like fifty six minutes an episode. Good recommendation, Tim. Uh, right now, I'm just kind of just shooting through shows right now. Nothing major. Uh, trying to finally finish Lucifer on Netflix. All right. And been watching Mary at First Sight. Uh, good show. It, well, it's it's a show that makes you feel really good about all the stupid shit you do, and you go. Yeah, I'm not that bad. So similarly, Love Is Blind, uh, show on Netflix. I already, I already finished that. Me, me and Robin have <laughs> yeah. me and Robin uh, have the last half hour of the last episode to watch, and I'll be all caught up on season two. Great show. Uh, it's you watch it and you you just marvel at the people in the world that did, this is an actual thing and that this did, is allowed did you to put happen. Bets no, on. we don't put bets on it because ah. we just spend our whole time either laughing at the people or. Being like, no shot. These people got no shot of getting married, and it's never going to happen. So, How about the guy that's just like, you think he cuts down trees and just smiles all day and laughs? Yeah. There's some... I like the guy who... Uh, the whole point of Love is Blind, in case you don't watch the show, is there's a girl's side and a guy's side, and they go into these pods where you don't get to see the other person, but you can talk. All you can do is talk for like three weeks. After, okay. after you... You, you don't do, see each other? You don't never see each other. You, you have no technology... So you don't have your phone, your computer, you can't look people up. You you go into the pods, you talk, right? That's what you that's what you do. It's like that old show, that really old show where you used to have like three people on the one side of the The wall. dating game? It's yeah, not, but yeah, it, sure. over long over long, long, long oh, Well, hold on though, because what happens is at the end of three weeks you have a choice. If you'd like, you can propose to the person, never having seen them, to marry you. you propose. People propose, people say yes. You have to buy a ring. Do they provide yeah. the ring? Typically either people bring the ring with them or they can get one. They then see each other for the first time. They go on a two-week trip to somewhere. This year it was Mexico. Did they get to pick? Or does they don't, get to no, pick? the show gets to pick because they also go with the other couples from the same pods. Oh, so it's like multiple at a time. Correct. Yeah. Then within four weeks, you move into an apartment together, you get married. And at the altar, you get to decide whether you want to stay with that person or not. It is, let me tell you, if you love the excitement of... 
people saying no at the altar, this show is for you because oh, it yeah. is Fantastic. prime, prime for it. Um, the, the guy this year, I, don't, I didn't finish it, so don't say oh, it, but the guy this year, right. one of the guys in the pods started asking, like, what do you look like? Which is like, no, like that's yeah, not what the show is about. Uh, shake, shake, shake. He was getting a lot of heat for it. Understandably so. Yeah. I mean, yes and no. The whole purpose of this is to not know. He was trying to be clever. He goes, could I put you on my shoulders? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, exactly. hey, they could be lying to you though. They could uh, be saying whatever. They could say whatever the heck they want. It's hundred percent. But it, what it's, do I look it's like? Funny. I'm an, I'm a, you know, I'm a three foot two. Most people don't and, ask. Most people don't. Yeah. They don't ask because yeah. you're not really supposed to. I mean, right? That's the, not. There that's was there was the one guy, uh, Shane, that. Uh, he asked. He started talking to the one girl that he ended up proposing to, <laughs> yeah. and thought it was the other girl. Yeah, he was also talking to. Because remember, like oh, really? people form yeah, connections. Funny. So like you, you spend your time talking to two of them. He walked in and he thought it was one girl, but it was actually the other girl. Oh, so they rotate the girls on the other side of the pod. Yeah, like you don't get stuck yeah. with one person forever. Uh, you 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 go. You th- you talk I through. You talked to this girl. No for no no no. Four weeks. No no. You t- three weeks. You talk to the other. Right. So like rotates. Right. Like you're uh, in room. Okay. Say I you're in room you. eight, and then every day it rotates. You get to meet everybody. And then you can invite them to talk with you. What right? does the world come to that this is how we have to find love? Oh, no, Nick, it's spectacular. You got to watch it. I don't know. Watch it. it. You'll it's enjoy it. Ever since Jersey Shore, reality TV just hasn't been the same. Whoa. No, no, I mean, that's the uh, that's the apex well, of reality TV. I mean, Floribama Shore is up there. Well, I don't know about well, that. Floribama Shore is just making like a just a dirtier version of Jersey Shore with like, more mental problems. With dumber people. I yeah, mean, that's, that's sensitive. I was good. Again, I'm, I can't I'm stick by my statement. We're Jersey Shore. That's kind of my level. I'm good with that. Well, I love trash television, and I love reality television. <laughs> yeah. So trash television is reality television, and that's what I enjoy. However, another good show going on, Euphoria on HBO, is uh, it's heavy, uh, but it's good. It's uh, Zendaya is in it. It's about a bunch of kids and in, drugs. in high school and drugs and stuff yeah. like that. It's, it's actually a really good show. You know, you give it a watch. It's worth the watch for sure. Uh, but yeah, so all right, good talk about our TV shows. Now let's go into the nice, sad conversation, which is St. John's basketball. This was a week with a lot of hope. This was a week St. John's came into and looked like we had turned things around. Looked like, hey, we make a run here, we can get hot. Head into the Big East tournament, looking good. If we win all four, we have 19 wins. Even if not, if we win three out of four, we would have had 18 wins. Looking to be okay, maybe you know, win a few games in the Big East tournament, and we find ourselves in the NCAA tournament. Could have been a twenty-one team. Could have been. Point. Could have been if you win four, and then you win in the tour in the Big East. But unfortunately, as St. John's does, we collapsed. Uh, Wednesday, first matchup of the week was against Creighton. Basically, a season-ending loss against Creighton at Carnesecca Arena, eighty-one to seventy-eight. Listen, we had the lead. We could have won this game. We just couldn't finish. Mathis led the way with 15 points. Point number one should be a circle on your on your boards there as to what the problem is. Mathis led the team with 15 points. Omar Stanley had a great game, 14 points for him. Posh and Steph Smith both had 13 points. Julian struggled. Creighton had great defense on him. They did a good job of shutting him down, and it showed. Dylan Daiwusu, why he plays after the under four mark, I don't know. But continuing on, Ryan Hawkins led all scorers with 25 points for Creighton. It was Ryan Kalkbrenner had 19 points, second on the team. But why do you have those 19 points? Because some random guy has to score against us, Tim. Nope, because Soriano was out. That's why. That is very true. We missed Joel Soriano. He started in dominating greatly. in the post. And that's honestly, Soriano would have been that guy that would have helped with that. And I'm honestly worried 
that he's not going to be back for the rest of the season because how bad that limp was, it looked like he was getting amputated the next day with how bad that leg looked. Yeah, it's not great. Uh, obviously, there's only two more games in the regular season, so I, you know we'll, we'll have to keep an eye on his, his health and, and see if he can get back into it. 17 turnovers by Creighton, probably the only good number to come out of this win, to come out of this loss. Uh, you know, it, how many ways can St. John's break your heart? We could taste it, right? We had this win. We had, this is a team who would beat us by 30. Here we are with a lead, five minutes to go. We're in this. We're going to get this win, and then it all comes crashing down. Yep. Silly mistakes, bad three-pointer so from Awusu, bad, bad inbound pass from Wusu. Julian Champagny comes up small. I, it, it was just a complete collapse at the end. Absolutely. Uh, we couldn't get a basket besides a free throw. And in parts of the game where we look like we were going to finally break away, finally have that huge double-digit lead and start to break away because – we did have control of this game almost the entire way up until about three or four minutes at the end. We shut down O'Connell, who was our biggest thorn on our side for the last game. And we knew we were having problems with Hawkins and Kalkbrenner just because Soriano was out and that ended up being a hard fight for some of our players. But we ended up doing things that with adjusted something as similar as Stanley and uh, Wusu were in at the same time. Stanley would push, push, wait for Kalkbrenner to come around the edge. He'd go for a shot, but Wusu's already there stealing the ball away. And we did that same exact thing, I think about three times between uh, Kalkbrenner and Hawkins. And it was great plays. And I, I don't know. I, I don't know what happened at the end. It was just... Even though Nyway had a, a really tough time against Cockbrenner, uh, Omar Stanley looked pretty good whenever he he only played for like twelve minutes of the game, I think, and he had he played he, he looked really good when he played. I liked him throughout this. I mean, I've liked him throughout the season. Whenever he gets the amount of play he does, he's very like. If he makes a mistake, he doesn't like dwell upon it. Like he just keeps you know keeps going, puts his head down, and tries hard. Like a lot of times, he's made a turnover, and then gone back and gotten the steal on the next play. Um, but more importantly, in this game, I don't understand why Mathis. He didn't take the wide open three that he had on the corner when we were down by one. Could it, it could have changed the game because it's the same reason that we would all yell at Mathis for shooting the three in the corner. I mean, no, he should absolutely take that. He shouldn't. He took that he and then he drove down the to the middle. No, no, no. I'm I'm actually okay with him touching the ball there and getting it. It's a wide open three. And he, we gave it to Julian. Julian started driving it. Everybody claps and he kicked it to Mathis, who was wide open. That's that's a that's a great drawn up play. He's got to shoot that. Instead, he tries Fine. to go to the middle, then shoot it, and then and then he tries to go for a layup and get the foul. My, and it was a terrible my, shot. My he, issue, he should my, pull up for the mid range because he's my, been hitting that. Correct. My point of saying he shouldn't touch it is if he's not going to shoot it when he's wide open, he shouldn't touch it. Because, that I agree. Because yeah. sure, Julian Champagne did the right thing because he got collapsed on. He wouldn't have had anywhere to go. He dished it out. Correct move. The problem is you can't give it the ball to a guy who's not going to shoot. Correct. He's not going to shoot when you need a basket. And he's wide open. I mean, if, if you do that, it, it just doesn't result in positive things. The, the Going back, we had the lead with three minutes and 16 seconds to go. The problem is, this is how our next nine possessions went, okay? We have the lead at 76 to 75, following Montez Mathis makes the layup on the assist. It's the under four timeout. Here's what happens coming out of the under four timeouts for St. John's. Missed the free throw by Montez Mathis to, to, that would have completed the three-point play. Would have been huge. Yeah. He misses that. Okay. Next St. John's possession. 
Dylan Adewusu, missed layup. Next possession, Dylan Adewusu, missed three-pointer. Next possession, Montez Mathis, missed layup. Next possession, timeout. Posh Alexander, missed layup. Finally, with 24 seconds to go, we score our first points after the under-four timeout on a Dylan Adewusu layup. However, after that, Mathis, missed layup. Adewusu, turnover. Wheeler missed three at the end of the game. We, we just got sloppy. We, we always get sloppy. We got sloppy. You know, you know, it's but you you had nine possessions there after the under four timeout. You scored on one of them. Yeah. You're never going to be able to finish out like that. You just can't. Yeah, it, it was evident in, in the Creighton game. You know, I, it, it's hard. It's hard to 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 grasp how we lose these games. We always do exactly what we need to do to lose the games. We have so much talent, and it shows. It's, and then we just fall short because we can't finish. We're supposed to be a team that runs all the time and supposed to do, you know, 40 minutes. We don't. We're, we don't do 40 minutes. We're 36 minutes because the last true. four, we are absolutely true. awful. We also, we've we've pulled away from the press. I mean, we, yeah, largely. We, we really haven't pressed well this year, which I don't understand because it, we have the recipe for it. We have the guys for we it. We try it. We do like a loose little one. Like we use like, I mean, I mean we saw it against DePaul. You know, DePaul, we, they, we, we, uh, we pressed them like the full court. Yeah. You know what I mean? And we could do that against them, and then you know, it didn't turn out working out well for us. Right. It, it it's it's maddening because this is a talented team with players who are good players, and you know you think they would be able to put it together well, and and we've seemingly failed down the stretch, as if the Creighton loss was not a big enough blow to the end of the season. On Sunday, we lost to DePaul in Chicago. 99 to 94 loss against the Paul. We gave up 99 points, which is disastrous. Uh, but we'll explain how we lost by nine. We'll explain how we gave up 99 points in large part due to Javon Freeman Liberty. He led all scorers with a career high 39 points. David Johnson also had 23 for the Blue Demons. For the Johnnies, Julian Champagny, good night for him 26 points. Aaron Wheeler had 20. Posh Alexander didn't start for reasons beyond comprehension, but had 18 points nonetheless. Here's our problem. Javon Freeman Liberty had 39 points. He had probably four wide open three pointers. At, at a certain least. at a certain point, I, I reached the point where I was yelling at the TV, just put somebody on him man to man. The whole rest of the defense can do whatever they want. They can play zone. They can play crash. They can play whatever the hell they want. I don't care. Take somebody. When a guy's lighting you up. Wide open, wide open shots. Take a guy and just put him on him. Tell Montez Mathis, you got one job. Cover Javon Freeman Liberty. Yeah, I mean, do the same thing we did uh, when Justin Simon was playing for us, and we put him on Marcus Howard. 100%. Marcus Howard yeah. had two points or something like that. That's it. You it have works, one yeah. job. One job. Cover him. Nothing else. At halftime, we could have made that adjustment. We should have made that adjustment. Would have helped us out. Instead, he lets us up for 39. There goes... What little hope we had, by the way, because for a moment you thought, eh, we lost the Creighton game. There's a bad loss at home. But at the end of the day, you win. You beat DePaul. You beat Xavier. You beat Marquette down the stretch. We still talking three out of four. Yeah. Nail in the coffin Absolutely. on Sunday against DePaul. And Season over. You got one hope. Win the Big East tournament, which this team putting together four wins in a row. I don't see. I mean, it. we just lost to DePaul. I mean, they're the second worst team in the Big East. Yeah. It's, yeah. We, to think now that we're going to go on on a run. To, you know, through the Big East or I mean, doing all that, it's kind of yeah. not comprehensible. I, 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 it's hard to look at this team and say, yeah, this team can put it together in Big East. Now, listen, this team can play with anybody. 
Absolutely they can. They also show that they can lose to anybody. 100%. When, when our guys who are very talented play well, we can play with any team in the country. The problem is the chances of all of them putting it together on the same night happens very infrequently. There's a reason we're 15 and 13 on the year. And it's because we can't seemingly put together the nights all together. I, I do have to say one thing, and, and I, I know it may sound a little weird because Julian Champagne had 26 points in this game. What this past week has shown to me is that Posh Alexander is the best player on the court for St. John's all around. Yeah. He, he didn't start tonight because who knows why. But he is a guy who all around is just better than everybody else. His basketball IQ is better. He goes out and he scores 18 points. He'll score 10 points. He'll score whatever it takes. He had eight rebounds in this game. It's The fact that our six-foot guard is fourth in the conference in offensive rebounds just points to how talented he really is. And I know Julian Champagne is on the same team, and he's a guy who's going to play in the NBA, and he's a great player. He, he is, no doubt. Posh Alexander is all around a better player than Julian Champagne is. I would agree. I, uh, I, one, one interesting thing that I didn't realize that they said on while I was watching the game today was that uh, Julian's actually second in the, on the conference for steals, too. So Posh is right, first. Posh is first. And, and he Julian's second. Yeah. I didn't realize that. It's incredible to have two... I mean, like now Julian's also the second leading scorer because Freeman Liberty got over the seventy-five percent like criteria. game threshold you need for the criteria. So now we have, you know, it's amazing that we have Julian and Posh, who are statistically like one of the two best, two of the best players in the Big East, and we're like more on the very bottom of the Big East. I mean, you, you, I mean, yes, a hundred percent. I mean, you, you look at Posh Alexander's stat line, right? He's top ten in scoring in the Big East per game. He's top five in offensive rebounds. He's top five in assists. He's first in steals. And he's like he's like fifth in the country in steals, isn't he? Or sixth in the country? Yes. And, top and, ten. But also, most people would say he's not the best player on our team, yeah. which is is not true. I mean, just factually, it's not true. Listen, Julian Champagne obviously leads the league in scoring, right? So it's hard to say he's not the best player on the team. He's also top ten in rebounds per game. But overall... I think Posh Alexander is a better player. I think he does more for the team, and he's a point guard, right? So he gets the ability to lead the team, which Julian doesn't because of his position. But at the same time, we let Julian create a lot this year, and he he struggles. He hasn't been great. He hasn't been great doing it. And Posh Alexander, day in day out, comes in, handles his business. He's our best player, and you know, I if, if we're gonna go anywhere, it's gonna be on his back. Yeah, I mean, it's really about the fact that. We all fanboy over Julian. It's obvious. But the idea that we don't give enough love to Posh is definitely uh, definitely there. I mean, he came back from his ankle injury pretty quickly, came back for that Xavier game, came off the bench, came in playing, and then went on Twitter to kind of just apologize to the St. John's fans for just not being able to be 100%. And like, I, mean, I, mean, I know I made a comment, just I'm happy to see you back on the court on Twitter, and he shouldn't have to do that. I know it's his probably his competitive side to do that, but he should feel that St. John's fans should just be happy he's there. 
Absolutely. Uh, nah, I don't agree with that. I mean, yes, yes. He shouldn't feel that way, but he, shouldn't he should, feel like he he should know that in, in himself. Yes. He should he, know but that. But he shouldn't feel like he has to apologize for he, No, hurt. he shouldn't feel like... he shouldn't. Uh, that's not what I'm saying either. He shouldn't apologize at all. That's not what I'm saying. But I just... I don't think he should feel that. You know, I don't think but, he should... Yeah, our fans are tough. Our fans complain a lot. And, and the yeah. minute things get down, they get on the players. And listen, Julian is a quiet guy who, you know, gets his 20 points and everyone loves... Posh is sort of in his shadow in a sense, and to Tim's point, yeah. I don't think he gets the recognition he deserves. No, he absolutely does. To me, he's the best player on our team. So I would agree. We and need to make sure that that's, really, a, that's a prevalent point, particularly yeah. going forward. Yeah. yeah, and we shouldn't forget that just because you can say whatever you want and tag someone on Twitter doesn't mean that they don't see it. Right. Like it, also if, true. If you're trashing our our guys, there's a good chance they just be like, "Oh, what's this?" and they click on it and read it. A hundred percent. Guys, they're, uh, they're not, they're, it's not, uh, these guys, yeah, maybe they have a couple thousand followers, but they don't get tagged every day like that. Yeah, no. So when you see that on your Twitter feed, they go, they'll read it. Yeah. When I, when I was at, when I was a manager, all the guys after the game, half the guys were on their phones looking at the Instagram, Twitter, seeing what people were saying about them. Yeah, I it's mean, horrible. It's an awful mindset to have. It, and you, it, and if if any player is you know is listening to this at all for any reason, don't do that. It's awful. Don't ever look at the comments. The people who comment in the comment section generally are you know they don't have the best intentions in mind, and they just are trolls. Don't don't listen. Typically, to them. yeah. Typically, yeah. yeah. Well, it was a disappointing week. Two games we thought we could have win. Two two games we thought we could win. Two games we thought could head us in the right direction. And unfortunately, it did the exact opposite. Now, let's take a look at where we are heading into this last week of the regular season. St. John's currently sitting 15-13 and 13 overall. 7-10 and 10 in the conference. Here's the conference standings as it sits based on conference record. Providence has won the regular season championship. They are 14-2. and two. They cannot be caught. They will be the one seed in the Big East tournament. Villanova is 2 14 and 4 on the conference so far. Yukon 12 and 5, they're in third place. Creighton is 11 and 6 in fourth. Marquette is 10 and 7, they're in fifth. After that, we now kind of get into a grouping. So if you take a look at that top group, 3 through 5, which is Yukon, Creighton and Marquette, all are kind of in the same range, right? Yukon has 12 wins, Marquette has 10 wins. So there's a possibility they could catch each other. UConn still plays Creighton, so one of those teams has to lose another game. Marquette could get as high as three, but most likely will find themselves in the 4-5 matchup. Now, the next group is the group St. John's sits in right now. Seton Hall is 9-8. and eight. They're the kind of the leader of that group. St. John's 7-10. Xavier, 7-10. Butler creeping in 6-13. and 13. However, too many losses on the schedule for them most likely are not going to move into that group. They can't because they only have one more game left also. Oh. They're one of the ones who got the buys. I was looking at it. Uh, gotcha. Uh, okay. So, yeah. so they're going to sit at 16, 6 and 13. They're locked in. So they're going to be the 9 seed most likely. DePaul is 5 and 13. They could pass Butler, so they could bump Butler down. Butler can't go any higher than ninth. Georgetown at 0 and 17. They are locked in in the last 11th position in the Big East tournament. So right now we're tied with Xavier. Big game on Wednesday to, to really determine the seeding. Seton Hall is two games ahead with two games left. They could slide back. So for St. John's, you're really looking at the ability to finish anywhere from 6th through 8th. 
Now, what that means in terms of the bracket. The 6 through 8 teams all play in the first round. Remember, with 11 teams now, the, the schedule has changed. The Wednesday used to be the first day, which used to be the only the last four seeds. However, now teams 1 through 5 get a bye, and teams 6 through 11 all play on Wednesday. So 6 plays 11, the winner of that plays 3. 7 plays 10, the winner of that plays 2. 8 plays 9, the winner of that plays 1. Which means we could be in any of these games, because we can be anywhere from 6th to 8th. Most likely, we're going to find ourselves in the 7th or the 8th spot, which, you know, pick your poison. Do you want to play Villanova, or do you want to play Providence? I think I want to play Providence. I kind of would lean to playing Providence, although... If Soriano is healthy, I want to play Providence. Right, uh, right. A good, yeah. Great point, Tim. If, if Soriano is healthy, I think Providence is great. If he's not there, maybe Villanova is a better choice. Ideally, you get to the 6th spot for us. Then we would. Then we could play UConn, right? We could play UConn, who I know, at least in my mind, I'm sure you agree. We we could get those we guys. Be, we could, be we could get yep. those guys. We we kind of we're earned. We're we're owed one against we, we those want guys. Them. So that's the best case scenario. That's tough for us though. Seton Hall is now nine and eight. So Seton Hall needs to lose out in order for St. John's to reach the sixth spot. Yeah, and they play uh, Georgetown. And Creighton. So. Well, Georgetown's due for a win. Yeah. So okay? you're telling me there's a chance. So you're telling me there's a chance. <laughs> Creighton gets a win against them. You know, Georgetown, all of a sudden, first win of the year, gets it against Seton Hall. You never know. Most likely will be in that seven or eight spot. So we'll have to see. And in that seven or eight spot, again, you're matching up against either Butler or DePaul is who you're going to end up playing, which after we after our loss to DePaul on Sunday, I don't really know if I want to see them again. But, you know, maybe someone will cover Javon Freeman Liberty instead. So if we end up being the eight seed, um, whoever it may be that we're playing in the nine, we would play at four thirty uh, p.m. on the ninth. And then if we're the seven ten game, we'll play at seven p.m. And then if we actually end up somehow making it to the six, we'll play at nine thirty. That four thirty start always kind of stinks because you got to play at noon, at noon the, the next, next yeah. day. Now the seven ten is is you, you end up playing at seven o'clock both nights in a row, so that's kind of a good pattern. And then nine thirty, same with nine thirty, nine thirty, nine thirty. And, 30, then, and yeah. then you're if you're on that side, you're going to play at nine. Nine o'clock at night anyway. At yeah, the eleven. The the the, the noon one is always tough. That game always is, is a rough one. So St. F- John's has never been good at noon. We're games. never good no. in the day for some and reason. We get that game a lot. We <laughs> yeah, always unfortunately, lose that. we do. We always lose that game. So hoping we avoid the eight. Uh, hopefully, we get up to six. It, it doesn't seem likely, but if we can get up to six, that would be great. If not, I think playing Providence is probably better for us, unless we're missing Soriano, in which case it's going to be Villanova. But you can hear all about it next week on our Big East Tournament Preview. We're going to look ahead at the whole tournament. Obviously, it'll be the only games going on. We'll focus on the St. John's game, but we'll discuss the other games as well. And Maybe we'll have someone on to talk about it. And perhaps we will. You'll never know. Yeah. But before we get to that, we have to finish out the regular season, and we've got two more games this week, so... Hey, maybe we could win some positions points because at this point, that's all we're playing for. Big game on Wednesday in terms of the ranking in the Big East. 6.30 Wednesday, March 2nd against Xavier. That game at Karnaseka Arena. It is Marcus Hatton Bobblehead Day and Marcus Hatton replica jersey giveaway for students. So come out. Make sure you support. Marcus, obviously, you know, a friend of the pod. He's done a lot to help you know, get involved with us and, and, and retweets all of our stuff. We appreciate him greatly. So he deserves a recognition and, you know, we're happy to see him. Hopefully this is the start of heading on to uh, retiring his number. I think, you know, that's something he deserves and something we certainly will be pushing for. 
Hashtag retire Hatton number one. That's it. Get the hashtag out there. So, all right, let's look back. Last time we played Xavier, 86 to 73 win. That's St. John's. That hope. That was the hope we had stolen away from us here this week. Julian Champagne led all scorers in that game, 27 points. Three other Johnnies in double digits, though, led by three Coburn. Great game for him against Xavier, 13 points. Aaron Wheeler had 11. Posh Alexander had his usual 10 points. We were out-rebounded by Xavier in that game, and they didn't have Nate Johnson. So could be a, a little bit of a scare for us there. We won, though, because we outshot them. 54% from the field, 40% from three, and 83% from the free throw line. Tim, in that DePaul game, what did we shoot from the free throw line? 53%. Yeah. That uh, hopefully we go back to the Xavier number and not the DePaul number because that is a huge increase. Our defense was on point in this game. 12 steals, 7 blocks. We held them to 49, but even more importantly, we held them to 20% from 3. We locked them down like that again, guys. I think we could be in for a win. You never know. What are you guys looking ahead to this game? What are we looking to do to make sure we can come away with a victory? We definitely have to guard the three-point line again. Uh, against them, we can't let Nunji start to shoot from the outside too often. Killed us with 22 points the last game. Yeah, I mean, it's going to really tell if uh, Soriano is back or not. But even if Soriano is unfortunately still out, Nyby did guard him good at the three-point line, so it's uh, Stanley, so we definitely can utilize that. And then it's going to be figuring out the whole uh, Fremantle and Scruggs situation there. Yeah, I mean, Paul, you know, Paul Scruggs, great player, had 16 against us in the last game. He averages 12 per game, second most on the team, only to Jack Nungy. Nate Johnson coming back is a guy that could hurt us. I mean, he's a guard. He's going to be out there. We're going to have to figure out how to cover him on top of covering Nungy. And if we're missing Joel Soriano down low, you know, we could be in a, in a dicey scenario. But uh, let's hope that's not the case and hope that, you know, Joel Soriano's back and we, we can – we can roll for there. Just to give you a, a little look at the, the comparisons of the teams, Xavier, 73 points per game. Obviously, St. John's, 79 points a game. We're first in the conference. They're sixth in the conference. In terms of rebounds, we are actually fifth in the conference, 38.1. Xavier, eighth in the conference, 36.9. They out-rebound us last game, but that's certainly a number. Now, without Joel Soriano, yeah, it's that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. That That's a number we'd like to ex- exploit, and, but... yeah. And they have a lot of big. I mean, they have two bigs. They have Fremantle too. He's like six nine, also. Yeah, but so he's they, a good they, matchup against uh, Wheeler because he isn't a true body guy. He, yeah, but I'm just saying they're tall. Yes, and then yeah. could make it could make it tough for rebounding. Xavier third in the league in terms of turnovers. They only turn the ball over twelve times. We obviously have a plus four turnover margin. That's a number another again we'd like to exploit. But they get Nate Johnson back, a little bit of a better ball handler. Y- you know. It, something's got to give here. It's going to be tough to see how the injuries play into it and, and how we would come into this game. Hopefully, um, hopefully pin zone trips them up a little bit. Cause if I'm not mistaken, he wasn't, he didn't play. He did not play against the them. Game against them last time. So hopefully having pin zone, cause pin zone is a guy who's like a, a, a mini posh, you know, he's kind of energetic. Yeah. Not, he's not nearly yeah. as good, but not yet at least. Um, and you know, he's energetic. He can, Although he did hot dock it a little bit, a little bit on that one that, layup, that one against the uh, that ball. one layup against the Paul was not great. Uh, but you know, he's uh, he's a freshman. You know, he's young. 
He's, he's, he's got some learning some, to do, he's, but he's showed a little promise. Absolutely. He's a showed, lot of our freshmen have, actually. So does Omar Stanley in the last couple games. True. Omar I Stanley, would, great game against the Paul. Actually, you know what? I would like to see most out of these last two games because I'm not going to lie, Chasers. It's not looking promising. We all know this as much as, much as you know. Well, the, but the, the, the other thing time, is these, these two games don't necessarily matter that much. They're really just about seeding. You're either going to be exactly, seven or yeah. eight, most likely. So I would like to see us use some of the freshmen more. Give them a little. I mean, my guess you know is Pinzone I mean? will get more minutes for sure. Yeah. And Omar Stanley, after that, that DePaul performance, how could he not? Especially if Soriano's still Particularly out. Particularly if Soriano's still out. I mean, Pinzone being, I think, 6'5". Yeah? Sounds about right. Yeah, I think he's about 6'5". Him ball handling instead of Wusu in those breaks, he can see over everyone. Yeah. That's, and that's one of the great things that Soriano does that we don't uh, really talk about enough is his passing ability when he'll be at the uh, the mid post, mid post and just sit there, wait, wait, and then kick out in the right way. Or even just do a, a backdoor pass to Wheeler for a dunk. It's those small plays, kind of Chris Weberish, that just really matter. Yeah, Soriano. It's funny because Soriano is a very good, very. I, I would say he's a very good big, but he's like a more traditional big. And even like at the beginning of the season, like we were coming in, he was hyped. He's he's good for getting rebounds and stuff. He never really fit our system, you know, because he's not really an up and down the court kind of guy. But what he does bring to our team that we, you know, is kind of something we've lacked uh, for years uh, lacked and it's also like a <laughs> not a wrench in the system but it's like a it's like a different kind of view of things is having him be able to you know dish it uh, when he's down low real quick because he's got good at vision and stuff like that it's just uh, it's cool to see I mean, that, to see. I mean that's the big thing having height on the person that's scarring you you get to see the court and i think that's going to be a big thing for pinzone for the next couple of years yeah i mean it, it, it'll be good to see him get some minutes and get involved obviously he had covid then he seemingly had a bit of an injury, so the lady on the thing said a finger injury. Right, set it on the cast. So, so it, you oh. know, good to Jack. <laughs> <laughs> so good, good to good to have him back in the rotation. You know, let's hope he, you know, when Posh is out, let's hope he fills in and and let's hope we come away with a win because this could actually be a big game for seeding again. Get us into that seventh spot with a win here. Uh, you know, keep us away from that noon game. You know, a win here actually probably locks us in that spot now that I think about it because yep. we, we would own the tiebreaker against Xavier, and yeah. the best they'd be able to do would be tie us in conference. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, a win here, and you put yourself in great position. You lose here, it's going to go to tiebreaker if you're able to beat Marquette in Marquette, which is no easy task. But then we would be the seven anyway, right? No, then we would be the eight. But seven plays the eight. No, eight plays the nine. Seven, oh, plays, right. seven plays ten. Right, right, right. Okay, okay. So... Hopefully you you, I mean I guess it depends who you want to play. You want to play Providence. You want to be in the seven, the eight spot. You want to play Villanova. You want to be in the seven spot. You don't want to play at noon. You want to be in the seven spot. Right. So, really pick your poison. But hopefully a win at home on Marcus Hatton Day, or we're calling Marcus Hatton Day anyway, on Wednesday at six thirty. The last regular season game for the Johnnies is on Saturday, nine p.m. Start on Fox Sports One. That game against Marquette. In Milwaukee, remember this is our first meeting against Marquette. We we lost that game, that second matchup against them because of COVID, and it was never made up. So Marquette comes in eighteen and ten overall, ten and seven in conference. They'll play DePaul on Wednesday before playing us in the last regular season Big East game of the year. Currently, they're sitting in fifth in the conference. It, it seemingly they'll be in the four or five spot depending on what happens with Creighton. 
Uh, so we'll have to see how this week plays out. They're led by Justin Lewis, averaging 16 points a game, eight rebounds a game, and he shoots 34% from three. I like his chances of hitting some threes against us after this performance against DePaul, but let's hope not. Let's hope someone comes out and actually... He, he is a good Wheeler matchup. Let's hope Wheeler covers him because God knows how many wide-open threes well, I can take on Saturday. He's only 6'7", but he's 245. He's got the way on. He's a big guy. He's going to want to move around. I, I feel like if we throw... We, we cannot throw Julian. He's going to tire Julian out just because his yeah. body weight. You throw Wheeler out there. Mathis. No, he he backed down Mathis. He's smart enough to do that. But you keep Wheeler on there. All of a sudden now, those three-pointers, the hand's in the face a lot quicker. Yeah. Hand's up higher. It's going to be trouble for him. Let's hope. Let's hope someone covers him. At this point, I'll take anybody. (laughs) Daryl Morsell is their only other player who averages double-digit points. He averages 13 points. Tyler Kolick leads the conference in assists, though. He averages about six per game. So that's certainly something to watch out for. Looking at these team comparisons, Marquette averaging 74 points a game. They're fourth in the conference. Obviously, St. John's still first, 79. In terms of rebounding, that is a number that we should exploit. Now, it stinks that we don't have Joel Soriano in this game because Marquette is 10th in the conference in rebounding. They average 34. We're fifth in the conference. We average 38. They are, you know, we're not great at rebounding. They're bad at rebounding. So it, having him really would have helped. I could see Posh really lighten up the numbers here in terms of rebounds against Marquette. We'll have to see what happens. Turnovers, Marquette is fourth in the conference. They average about 12. St. John's plus four turnover margin, a number we always look at. I think the most interesting stat to look at, though, is steals. St. John's first in the conference in steals. We average over nine a game. Marquette second. They average 7.9, which means, by the way, St. John's averages a whole 1.4 steals more per game than every other team in the conference. That's how good we are at stealing the ball, and that's how good our defense is. Watching for steals on Saturday night, take the over, because it's going to be a hell of a matchup. Definitely take the over in the game. <laughs> they are guard heavy, so it's not surprising that they do run that kind of style, uh, style there. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And and obviously, we're not that we're guard heavy, but we're guard heavy. <laughs> Regard heavy with a little bit of height. With a little yeah, bit of height. Little, little so we, we, it's going to be a fast, my guess is fast, high scoring. It's Shaka Smart. So obviously him and Mike Anderson play almost the same style. Style. Hopefully it's not like the DePaul game again. Yeah. Well, well, DePaul doesn't play exactly the same yeah. speed. Marquette is quick. Marquette, okay, and DePaul beat us at our own game. Sure, except Freeman Liberty beat us. Freeman at, Liberty beat us, correct. Okay, fair enough. I but, think, I think so. Marquette could speed us up to the point where we're actually playing our best game. They could play at the pace that we should be playing at, but we can't get ourselves to play at. I mean, we were playing at a very fast pace, and we were so sporadic. We looked we looked very, like, out of yeah, but, focus, sure, out of but tune, the guy, confused. Sure, but one guy on their team had 40 points. That's even... Okay, so we have, like, five people on their team, so they're not going to have 40 points, but they're going to be trying even harder than the rest of the team. Because if, if your point was that uh, Freeman Liberty was the only guy on the team going off, we're going to have five guys going crazy the whole time. Not no. Again, not 40 points, but... Running all around and stuff? We win sloppy games. We played sloppy against DePaul and we lost it. We played, sure, but they're different styles. That's, that wasn't a sloppy game. DePaul didn't play a sloppy game. They didn't, but no, we did. No, no, correct. When the whole game is sloppy, I'm saying, we win sloppy games. It, Look, go back. The Seton Hall game, game we won because the whole game's sloppy. 
Marquette's a sloppy team because they play fast. They're going to speed us up. That's good for us. I think their sloppy playing is better than our sloppy. Sure playing. it is, but Especially if we're, if we're finally able to play to a speed that we should be playing at, again, this is an extremely talented team with players who just haven't been able to mesh together in the correct environment. If Marquette can speed us up to the right speed, we could we could be we could play the best game of our season. I find it a little hard to believe that the, our problem is that we're not going fast enough. That's absolutely our problem. So it's like uh, Superman flying around the earth to spin Our problem is we absolutely don't go fast enough. (laughs) We we should press them every minute. We should press Um, them from the first minute to the last minute, which is how you play a fast game. We don't do that. And we did that against the ball. We did not. We did not. We did not press them straight up real full court press from the start of the game to the end. We did did on most possessions. I'm not going to say every possession (laughs) we did. Then that's not the whole game. Every minute, start from start to finish, full court press. That's that's Mike Anderson's mindset. I don't know. Theory. I, I, I mean, I'm sure that's how you, we should play. If you look back at the, every Arkansas team, I'm sure every single possession they did not play. They did They didn't. But that's his. That's his. That's the concept behind you know, his I, thinking. I'm saying, I, I, yeah, but we did that against the ball. We did not do that against the ball. Yes, we did. Well, no, well, we did. Our yeah, big, okay. our biggest mistake was always somewhat try to press a little bit. But it was off of rebound. It wasn't off of a inbound. Were you guys watching the game? Because we did. We did. We absolutely did. We didn't press the whole game because we never pressed the whole game. We 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 pressed like literally like probably seventy five. We maybe half court press. We three quarter press. We kind of ha- we kind of half ass a full court press at some points. I mean, yeah, okay, I'll give you that. We don't. Okay. We don't full court press the whole game. We don't. Uh, okay, I'm not. I'm not okay. Well, I mean, that's what I'm talking about. We did against the ball. I'm not saying we do all the time. I'm saying we did against the ball. But we didn't. I, I Then we'll agree to disagree. I guess. The whole game, we just didn't. We weren't in their face every inbound. Okay, so, we'll agree to disagree. So, you know, if against Marquette, because they're going to play fast, we play fast, I think it could be really good for us. They, they also have a guy on their team that is usually that hiccup for us, uh, Quaith. Yeah. Averages 2.6 blocks a game. Those kind of guys at 6'9", 6'10", 6'11", lanky, they, they always beat us up. They kill so, us. They kill us. Uh, not too excited about him. Hopefully, uh, I would love to see Wusu try to slam it down on another big. Don't worry. He'll try. I, don't worry. I, he'll I, try. I don't, I, want, I, I don't want the Euro step layup. I don't want that. No, he'll try that too. But you know you're getting it. Tim, Tim don't I, worry. I he'll he'll try both. It. But you know what I'm saying? Go for the dunk again. I, I want to see what happens. Hey, if you're going to get blocked, I'd rather see you try to dunk on somebody than I mean, go yeah, for a no, lay. 100%. 100%. He'll try them both. Don't worry. I have confidence in Wusu doing Wusu, and he's going to drive down there even though he knows you gotta he's got to love the confidence. I mean, he, he's you got, got, he's you gotta got to commend it. He's got the strength, so Same. I'm saying I'd rather see him go up for a hard dunk than do the Euro step and get yeah. destroyed. Are you right? He does, like, he does got, have the body the weight. for it. Yeah, because he gets volleyball spikes sometimes. St. John's is the only basketball team in college basketball where the guards think they're taller than the centers of the opposing team. <laughs> and they think, you know what? Sure, I may be six foot and he's seven foot, but I can lay it in. Hey, Malik Stith made a career out of that. Yeah, Malik Stith was a little better at going underneath and around. So <laughs> maybe someone should teach our guards that. That would be good. So, you know, listen, we should lose on Saturday with all due respect. Marquette's a better team. <laughs> They're going to be a tournament team. It's just facts. And St. John, John's and, and John Fanta said it would be our worst match. Marquette is a team who, you know, is trending in the right direction as we're trending in the wrong direction. But, hey, there's still hope. You never know what can happen. We could always turn it around. Hey, let's not forget that Mike Anderson teams always peak at the end of the season. We are St. John's. We're going to play in Madison Square Garden, wrong. our home. We're New York's team. 
There you go, Nick. This is the year. Last year, Georgetown won the championship. Exactly. Right? This is our year. I like it. Ending on a positive note. That's what I like to hear, okay? We got a chance, even though the whole season's gone to shit. Here it comes. This last two games and the Big East tournament. Transformation for this St. John's team. Night and day. New team. We're coming out of this. By the way, Mike Anderson is sweating it out here at the end of the season, putting his never having a losing season on the line. St. John's needs to win one more game in order to guarantee a winning season. If they do not, if if we do not win against Xavier or Marquette, we will go into the tournament at 500, meaning a loss in the tournament, which for St. John's, you know, quite possible, you could end the end Mike Anderson's career of never having a losing season. He might quit right after. That. I listen. I you know, <laughs> don't, don't tempt some of those Twitter. Yeah, I, can we, <laughs> don't, let's not feed into it. I, I don't blame Mike Anderson. That's not to blame him. I'm I'm just saying what's on the line for us this week since obviously the season's gone down and now we have to worry about seeding. Also, Mike Anderson's streak of never having a losing season on the line. Something I would certainly like to keep intact. One more win gets us there. Let's hope that's what happens. And let's hope we head into the Big East tournament with some momentum. Either a win, two wins, or just a win against Marquette, or a win against Xavier and a loss. As long as we get a win this week. Any kind okay, of win. Just I'll a take win. them anyway. Take a win this week. Head into the Big East tournament. pretty or ugly. Looking good. All right. That'll do it for the show this week. For Tim and Nick, I'm Vincent. Thanks for listening. Go Johnnies. Keep chasing.